Michelle. So, David. Look, I, I, apropos of nothing, I'm just going to bring this up. I am currently facing my 25th wedding anniversary. Oh, God. Yeah. Bad for she's her. put up. <laughs> Whoa. That's a big leap. Um, uh, she's put up with me for that long. Actually, 27 years if you technically go through the uh, courtship process as well. Which made me think, you know, marriages are complicated things. Well, you serve less time for murder. Oh, the old joke. We all love yes. that. But <laughs> the thing is, it made me think of another long-standing marriage that has its complications we kind of worry about sometimes, yep. particularly at the moment with the news that the DIO, Australian Defence Intelligence Organisation, is going to embed US intelligence analysts into its organisation. And it made me think of that lovely little marriage we have between Australia and the United States. So I thought I'd like to go through the history of that, looking at what's going on with the DIO, Mm. but also just look at the little moments of this marriage that have made it so beautiful over 70-odd years. So no reference to potential divorce? Oh, we can talk about the divorce, but my God, separating out the assets is going to be a bitch. You're listening to I Spy, the convenient marriage of Australian intelligence. Oh, hey, honey, this is this is my friend Hank. Hey there, how are you going? Hi. He just wants to. Uh, can he just park a few a few uh, missiles? On, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Can, and can we put a bomber on the driveway? Y- yep, yep, yep. Hey, sure. that that kid's swing set will make a great low frequency. Well, uh, no, no, I think you're going too far now. I think. Oh yeah, he's just and he's, he wants us to keep some marines at our place. Can they just stay overnight for like six months? This is working out so well, isn't it, honey? Yeah, 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 I can't sleep. Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And basically today, well, David, you kind of sent me a a brief overview of what we were going to look into and it just looked like word salad. I know. And look, I make a great salad. Not as good as my wife's, but I make a really nice salad. I feel like word salad is the worst kind of salad. (laughs) It's not very filling, is it? No. Right. But it works really well with a steak and a nice glass of red. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about this thing that was announced just the other day by Richard Miles and US Secretary of State. Blinken. Yeah. What a great name. Blinken. It was great having Blinken here. Blinken. Does he? That's what I want to know. They announced that the United States military intelligence mm. analysts will be embedded in the Defense Intelligence Organization, formerly known as the Joint Intelligence Organization. Yep. But you know, basically, our military intelligence is now going to be working hand in glove with the Americans to look at North Korea, Russia, and China. Wow. Um, now, a lot of people have sort of said this is because that Australia dropped the ball on China moving into the Solomon Islands. Which we can always turn around and say, well, what were you doing, honey, while I was looking after the Solomon Islands and the rest of the South Pacific? Where were you? Off drinking with your mates in Ukraine, no yeah. doubt. Right? So there's this is one of the things that's come up. But one of the things that a lot of people are really worried about is, are we becoming a vassal state to the United States? No. Well, yes and no. Right? Yeah. Kind of like who is the alpha in this marriage? Oh, you, the US. Totally, totally. 100%. They're, they're, I mean, I feel like we will never be the alpha. No, no. Well, you know. Unless it's New Zealand and us. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, no, I, we can be the alpha if, you know, the missiles do fly and they completely wipe out the United States. We suddenly become the alpha, which is another reason why all of this stuff seems to be going on. At the moment, there's a lot of tension, as we all know, mm. between the United States and China. China is preeminent. They're, be- they're, they're growing massively economically. Economically, they're huge. Their military has like quadrupled in the last 10 years or something. Amazing amount of defense material going into position. And, you know, the United States has this thing called the Pacific Ocean between it and China. Mm. They need somewhere to park 
while they go off and have their military adventure in the South China Sea. Now, what's a really great... Who owns a really large landmass, plenty of parking, lots of room, quite flat, easy access. You can mm. get into it from any street in, on the planet. Us. Australia. Right, right. Yep. We make a great landing strip. Let's be perfectly honest. Now, just a little bit of history because I know you love your history. I love, please. I'm, t- I'm just sitting back, relaxing and yep. tucking into some history. Some word salad. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> ANZUS. History salad. ANZUS. There you go. There's a lovely little acronym for you, ANZUS. The yep. Australian-New Zealand-United States Treaty formed in 1952. It was there to defend the Pacific region from... Russia. Yes. The United, uh, the, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Now, what happened was uh, New Zealand kind of fell out of it for a minute there. When back in 1986, they went, uh, we don't want any nuclear powered or nuclear armed vessels. And they still don't. When they still don't. That's an interesting thing. Mm. So basically, the United States turned around and went, so it was like a three way. Yeah. This, this cool little three-way with the United States and New Zealand. It's always good to have the New Zealander on board. They just make it so... so it's saucy. Exotic. Right. So basically, um, the United States went, you're no longer my mistress. You're out. I'm just going to stick with the wife. Now, they have resumed relations uh, at RIMPAC 2007. Now, RIMPAC, yeah, when we talk about a threesome, RIMPAC is probably not the word you want to talk about. I mean, it has RIM in it. So. It has RIM and PAC, all bad words. Right. Now, RIMPAC is the Pacific... Pacific Rim exercise. It's a biennial naval exercise that happens generally around Hawaii, I believe. Yep. Now, they sort of said, look, can, can we be part of RIMPAC, please? You know, it's like, hey, I miss you. I, I, I miss you. Your it's been a while missiles. since I've been rimmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So essentially, in 2007, the United States went, oh, come on back, honey. Yeah. All is forgiven. But, you know, being the kind of mistress that New Zealand is, she turned around and went, Yes, but I still don't want your nuclear weapons, eh, bro? So they're not choice. They're not choice, They're not bro. fantastic at all. Yep. Right. So, and basically, 2012, they lifted the ban on US warships visiting their ports, but they insist that they be non-nuclear. Unfortunately, the Americans are like, yeah, 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 sure, fine. Uh, no reactors go in there, so none of the nuclear-powered ships are going in there, but they're not telling them if they've got... Mm. you know, warheads on on board. So who knows? Right. So here we are. We've got ANZUS, but again, we've got this new thing called AUKUS. We all know about this. And it's not just submarines. A lot of stuff's going on with AUKUS at the moment. And one of them was brought up at this thing called OSMIN, which is where the announcement about the DIO and the intelligence officers was brought up. Yep. Uh, where Secretary of State Blinken, and I think it's, I can't remember the name of the defense minister, an American defense, US defense minister, whatever, or secretary, whatever, mm. and Richard Marl and Penny Wong had a meeting with their counterparts in, I think it was Townsville? Yeah, it was Townsville. Yep. So they were up there having a meeting and making announcements about what's going on with our current relationship and our current thing. We do it every year. We have a little meeting with them every year. They come down, you know, have a barbie, catch up, you know, a little bit of four-way action. Yeah. <laughs> barbie? I don't think we're having barbies, but anyway. Oh, we always have a barbie for them. Do we? Oh, God, yeah. We always have a barbie. You've got to have a barbie with them, you know. So, you know, the Americans can stand on one side and cook the meat and we can stand on the other side and make the word salad. Yeah. Right? So, Osmin, was, it was in North Queensland and it, it was also part of Operation Sabre Talisman. I know. Yeah, Sabre Talisman. Very heavily in the news at the moment because yes. of the four yep. airmen that were lost uh, was it the Taipan that, went, the down? that went down? Yep. And, of course, our commiserations go out to their families uh, on that. But also, this is an important thing to remember. This happens every year. The Americans and the Australians. A chopper goes down. 
Well, no, we have an operation. Yeah. <laughs> no, we try not to have choppers no, fall out of the yes. sky that often. But right, so it's a joint exercise. It mainly occurs across the top end. Now, stay with me because there's a lot of pieces moving around here that will come into the jigsaw. Right. So mainly around the top end, but mm-hmm. also this year there's going to be activity around Jervis Bay in yep. southern New South Wales, off the south New South Wales coast. Because we've got a naval base down there, don't we? Well, it's a sta- Jervis Bay is a staging area for mm. naval operations in Australia Yep. Uh, because it's very close to Albatross, our fleet air arm division. And then, of course, it also was, this is an interesting one, Norfolk Island. Norfolk Island. Norfolk Island. Yep. Right. Interesting call there. So essentially there's all of the Americans and Australians having a bit of a barney up in the top end to work out if we can work together, but also there are a few other countries involved. Well, there was also a lot of talk about China coming in and having a bit of a spy. Well, they would. Look, yep. let's not be stupid. They will have spy ships and they will have yep. satellites. While all of this sabre talisman Parked stuff all was going the in. Top yep. end so they can go, oh, gee, I like the way they shot the, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That looks like a nice well, look, gun. Well, look what they can do. Look at that missile. Wow. Ooh, where Ooh. did that boat come from? Oh, hang on a minute. I like the look of that. Yeah. Um, why can't we ever get invited to this big party? <laughs> yeah. Because there are a couple of other swingers in the game here. We have Indonesia, Japan, South Korea, Papua New Guinea. I reckon they'll keep the Papua New Guinea troops and the Indonesian troops separate because there's a little bit of argy-bargy going on right. there. Tonga, New Zealand, UK, France and Germany. Well, everyone's invited to this party. Well, we, you know, if you're going to have the Germans, you know there's going to be a bit of kink. Yeah. Yeah, we're bringing our stuff for you to really enjoy. And, of course, Thailand, Singapore and the Philippines are just sitting on the sideline and watching. What an orgy of military might we're going and to see. And China is just sneaking their, their little and their the Chinese head around the corner. Pressing their face against the yeah. glass going, why can't we come in? Yeah. Um, it's because we don't trust you yet. Yeah, and also you're just spying on us. And also all that shit you got going on in the South China Sea. So this is the thing. Australia is now quite inextricably linked yep. with the United States. And a couple of great examples of this as well. And this has a lot of people very worried, mm. right? Uh, because there's this lovely little spot in the middle of Australia. We've all heard of it, Pine Gap, right? Yep. Pine Gap, which started out very well, it started. Pine Gap started in 1963. It was conceived in 1963. It was realised in 1966 when they decided that's where we're going to put it in Pine Gap. But basically, what the Americans needed, they had this thing in the UK. It's called Menwith Hill. Yeah. Menwith Hill is in Yorkshire, and if you were to take a photo of Menwith Hill and a photo of Pine Gap, they're almost identical. Right, because Menwith Hill is basically started out as a listening post or a satellite uplink where NATO could watch Russia to see if Russia were launching missiles during the Cold War. And they suddenly went, hang on, half of Russia is invisible to Menwith Hill and the satellites in the Northern Hemisphere. We need somewhere in the Southern Hemisphere. And they went, hmm, where's somewhere that we're not going to have to move people out of? Because the argument could be made that, well, why didn't you just put it on a Pacific Island somewhere? The problem with that is there's generally someone living on a Pacific Island Mm. and you don't want anyone near your highly classified electronic and signal intelligence. Words, words, come on, come on. Basically, you're next to your spy zone. Yes. You want to keep them away from that. So basically they went, Australia. And also, let's be honest, Australia is one of the most geographically stable places on the planet. It is one big tectonic plate. That's why everyone has earthquakes and we sort of get little rumbles now and then. Yeah, especially if you're Melbourne. Yeah. Did they have an earthquake? They've had two in the last year, the last six months. 
Fucking Dan. I know. Dan. It's, it is Dan's fault. It's Dan Andrews. He's causing earthquakes now. To be honest. It's because of the sex tunnels under the city. Yeah. Right. Anyway, getting back to the real thing. Um, <laughs> so it started out as basically this satellite uplink, but it's grown massively. Right. right. It's electronic intelligence gatherings from these things called the Orion satellites, which basically are parked over Southeast Asia and Northern Asia, and basically they just hoover up every phone call in the area. The equivalent in Europe is Echelon, right? So this thing is basically there to siphon out Mm. as much intelligence as it can. There's another one which is space situational awareness. So now they've got satellites that are sitting in space watching other satellites in case they need to destroy those satellites. So this is all to do with Space Force, the new American thing. Mm. On top of that, here's one, and I know you're not going to like this, right? It is Pine Gap is crucial to drone strikes. Right. Right. Now, I know you've got, you don't like drone strikes, and a lot of people don't like drone strikes. Interestingly- Well, it kind of, it takes people out of the, the conflict zone. Yeah. And I think what happens then is that they don't perceive that what they're doing could be wrong. Well, that is an interesting point. Where they they have the same sort of thing with pilots, right? You know, you're particularly modern fighter pilots mm. now, where you are generally attacking someone over the horizon. Yeah, you know, that that disconnect from you and your victim compared to a soldier in a trench with a bayonet, it's very very different. And and when when they fuck up, they really really fuck up. Well, here's the interesting thing that comes out of this is basically what they're doing is it's a geolocation system they're using Mm. to identify the mobile phones of their targets. Right. And the thing is, then they go, let's fire a drone at our target, but the target isn't the target, the target is the SIM card in the phone. Right. So they're not shooting at a person, they're Mm. shooting at a phone. Right. Now, the problem is... That what people ha- are attached to phones. Well, what <laughs> happens if your kid borrows your yeah. phone, right? So there are these level layers mm. of inconsistency in the targeting, which is a real problem. That's going through Pine Gap, right? The other thing is like Bob Hawke tried to close Pine Gap years ago. Yeah, I remember. Right, tried to uh, – and the Americans actually said, well, come on over and have a look. Right, now – Pine Gap is not exclusively American. There are Australian personnel on there as well. Bob Hawke walked in there going, we want to get rid of it. We don't want this on our soil anymore. And basically they took him in and when he walked out, he was white as a sheet and went, yeah, no, 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 you can keep it. Yeah, right. Now, whatever they showed him in there was never released. Okay, It's going to be highly classified. What do you reckon it would have been? I reckon it would have been basically, here, Bob, here's you having an affair with all of these women. Yeah, yeah. Here's photos of you taken from satellites, you know, around the world getting up to no good. And it probably... Well, here's the proof of UFOs because yeah. there's been a lot of chit-chat lately. Yeah, E.T. would have walked in going, yeah, phone yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no phones, E.T. We'll, we'll probably, if you give yeah. it to the wrong person, we'll drone strike. Yeah. Right, so the whole thing is basically it is an intrinsic part of the U.S. military mm. infrastructure. Yeah. And for us to turn around and say, no, you can't have it anymore, that's going to cause major, major problems. And the other thing is it's not the only thing we have. Right, we've got uh, HMAS Harold E. Holt. Yes, Navy, naming a military... Why would you name it after Harold Holt? Well, he's very well associated with the ocean. He disappeared into it. Maybe he's, like, still around. (laughs) He he, he disappeared into a Chinese sub. That's always been one of the great stories. So the whole thing is Harold E. Holt, which is at Northwest Cape. Northwest Cape? Yeah, Northwest Cape, near Exmouth. In fact, the town of Exmouth was built to service... Harold E. Holt, right? right. The Harold e., uh, HMAS Harold E. Holt. Now, it's a ve- very low-frequency communication system for mm. naval vessels. Do you want to know how low? 
Tell me how low does 19. it go? 19.8 kilohertz at one megahertz. The most powerful, very low frequency telecommunications facility in the Southern Hemisphere. And why do you want it so low? Uh, well, it penetrates water. Oh, Right, so what you can do is if you, there's a, another, there are sites like Northwest Cape around the world. There's one just off the uh, just on the coast of Washington State yep. in the US, and basically you can send a signal to a submarine, you know, three hundred meters underwater. Mm. Now the thing about that is the submarine can't communicate back. Right, right. It's it's a one way traffic. So literally, it that is the launch code. Yep. Right. So if you're going to launch your nukes, you're going to get the signal through one of these stations. And considering those submarines are going to be sitting off the coast uh, you know, in pretty much every ocean, you're going to need these communication stations all around the world. We happen to be in the middle of the you know, bottom of the world. We kind of sit right and right on the cusp of it. We're not only communicating with the Indian Ocean, that system will also communicate right around to the Pacific Ocean as yeah. well. So it's an incredibly powerful location for the Americans. And because of that, for us. Yep. And finally, of course, Barack Obama turned around to Julia Gillard quite a few years ago and went, hey, you, you want some Marines? And we have 200 or 2,500 Marines cycling through Darwin every hmm. year for six months. They only go up there for six months. Don't like the wet season. Really? Yep. No. True. When they're not at Darwin, they're at Okinawa. They go back to Japan. But they send 2,500 down to it. And this also services things like um, Operation Saber Talisman, yeah. other things like that. And we're now welcoming B-52 strategic bombers and B-2 bombers to land in Darwin. We're now it, refitting our RAAF yeah. facilities to be able to house them. Well, and it's also good to have, you know, Marines kind of stationed in Darwin because, you know, Darwin would be that kind of point that someone would attack. Well, here's the thing. Don't worry. Yeah, but they're not going to attack it with ground troops. This is the re- the thing we really no, need to... No, I understand that. But, like, it is that kind of that area that you would want a presence in. Yeah, you you do not want a presence in case you need to mount yeah. something into some kind of strategy into what is called the Southeast Asian Archipelago, aka yeah. Indonesia. Now, interestingly enough, Indonesia is fighting with us at you know, well, fighting with us when I say they they are part of the joint exercise, and mm. rightly so. They're our goddamn neighbour. We should be getting on with them. Yeah, it, you don't want neighbours that aren't getting on. Hence. Eastern Europe yep. at the moment. And that is an interesting point that people have made. A lot of strate- uh, strategists have said, well, look, you know, this whole idea, what America are doing, they're not using putting their stuff into Australia to mm. defend Australia. They're putting it in as a staging base to move north into the South China Sea. Because to be perfectly honest, we've seen how difficult it is to invade another country when it's right next door. Yeah, When you literally step across a line in a map, right? So... To be able to invade a country where you have to cross 900 nautical miles of ocean is an order of magnitude, several orders of magnitude worse, which brings in Norfolk Island. There's been one strategist that's basically said that if China was to invade Australia, and his bottom line is, why would you, right? As I've always said, they own most of it anyway, so why would you go and break up your own house? But also the whole idea is to come through the Indonesian archipelago, man, it's a death trap. There's so many places you can get ambushed and destroyed by submarines yeah. and surface warfare vessels that you're not going to come down that way. But if you go Solomon Islands, bounce down to Solomon Islands, staging point there, and then go down to Norfolk and take Norfolk Island, that becomes your staging base. Because as much as we love the top end and it's got all the buildy, burny and magic dirt up yeah. there, you need to take the bottom of Australia to do it. Yeah, Norfolk Island is kind of nicely placed yeah, in terms it's of a, that. Strategically, it's a really handy little and spot Yeah, and people to forget have. about Norfolk Island. We do. 
Well, Austra- my half, most Australians I know don't even know that it exists. Well, funny enough. One, it's so weird. I know it exists because my ancestor was one of the first white men to set foot on Norfolk Island. And when he was when he came back, you know all the Norfolk pines you see around Sydney? Mm-hmm. That's his fault. He brought them back. Oh. He went, these would be great for masts. Oh. Sorry, they're softwood. They don't work. Did he also happen to, like, you know, take a few in- of the indigenous people, knock them off as well when he... Look, I don't know. All <laughs> I know is he married a convict who was the first Jew to ever set foot in Australia. And basically, my family owned Annandale until somebody in the family drank it. Way to go, ancestor that was a drunk. Uh, nice. So, yeah. Nice. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. Good work. So the whole thing is, right, at the moment, from this little kernel of we're mm. putting intelligence officers into our of foreign, and they are, they're United States, they're foreign intelligence officers, yep. we're putting them into our intelligence service, is suddenly blown up into this, my God, America is taking over. Well, sorry, guys. Uh, if you you're a bit late to the party, they kind of who have. thinks that American is taking. Oh, look! Over. It's look. I'll be perfectly honest. It's more your left leaning journalists and commentators that are saying it. It's coming out of things like uh, crikey, um, independent Australia, things like that. But what's interesting is there's this knee jerk reaction to yeah, it. It's like when you don't understand foreign policy or interaction. That's what you say. Which brings us brings me back to that marriage analogy, right? This yeah. is a marriage. It's it's not so much a marriage of convenience. It kind of is, but it kind yeah. of isn't. One of the interesting things is at the moment I've got American relatives in town. And what's funny about it is they're sort of like when we say, oh, yeah, we do this. You know, they're like, but that's crazy. Why would you do it? I'm taking them to a rugby league match in a couple of Why days. Why would you do that? Because they want to watch a rugby league match. Well, it, it is exactly what NFL is based on. Mm, mm, well, NFL is based on rugby union. Oh, union, yes. Union, but – the whole thing is that League like, is the bastardised version of everything uh, else. League is just in – like my favourite thing is when you show NFL players NRL, Well, yeah, because they're like, I can't believe they don't wear headgear. Like, yeah. A, they don't wear yeah. armour and B, they don't stop. Yeah, right. and it's – I mean, we're, well, we're seeing the repercussions of them not wearing well, the headgear. Well, hello. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're seeing the repercussions when they do wear headwear. Yeah. Concussion's a concussion. Yeah. But – so this marriage of convenience we have, right, my favourite is I have two little – Niece, a niece and a nephew, yeah. five and three, and they like every time I speak, oh, do Bluey's dad's voice, Bluey's dad's <laughs> voice. And what's really funny is yeah. uh, this is one of the great moments of reverse cultural appropriation. Everyone, we're in an extremely Americanized country. Mm. Our culture is. We're very independent in our culture, but there is still a, a tendency to the American sort of way of thinking and yeah. doing. What's interesting is everyone's regarding Bluey as a great moment of reverse. Uh, cultural appropriation because American kids are starting to use Australian slang. And right. their, their parents don't know what they're like, – of course, all kids, when they use slang, they use it so their parents don't know what they're talking about. But the funny thing is, like, the parents of these, this niece and nephew, they're both like, oh, my God, Bluey's the best. We watch it too. And I'm like, I've never watched it. Yeah. Bad for me. But yeah. I don't have children that are small. And the great thing was I turned around and said, really? And they went, oh, it can be very adult. Which is a very rare thing. Australia does that very well. Anyway, getting back to what we're talking about, Bluey. God, how do we get to Bluey? Um, I <laughs> mean, it's just you and your word salad. Exactly. Right. This is the problem we have now in Australia is we are inextricably linked to America. Our defence material procurement is linked to America. We actually had a flip the other day. I posted on our Twitter feed. At- Sorry. Our X feed. At I Spied Podcast. At I Spied Podcast. It's no longer Twitter, people. It's um, X. It's X. <laughs> Whatever. 
I'm still calling it Twitter because I'm a rebel. No, anyway. I, I think also we've just become used to it. It's, it's been like 15 years of calling it Twitter. Yeah, it's hard it, to call it anything else. It's that strange thing where someone goes, I'm going to buy a company that is iconic and actually part of the lexicon and I'm going to try to change the lexicon. Yeah, look, I mean, we've, we don't have a podcast long <sighs> enough to understand why Elon Musk does the things he does. No, and nobody really needs a podcast no. that does that. So basically, we're so inextricably linked. As I said, on the podcast, yeah. we actually had a ship, the USS Canberra. Yeah. that's what they call it, Canberra, yeah. not Canberra. Canberra. Right, Canberra. It was uh, commissioned down at Garden Island at HMAS Cuttable here in Sydney. Uh, it was commissioned just a few weeks ago. I posted a photo of it next to Aww. the uh, HMAS Canberra. Was that while you were on a ferry? Yeah, well, yeah, there you yeah. go. It wasn't a picture of the bridge. <laughs> it was a picture from the other direction. Shot. Right. Yep. Basically, it was an Australian-designed boat. Yep. Uh, sorry, ship made by Austel US, yep. which is the – is the American arm in Alabama. It's the American arm of Austel Australia, which is a military and commercial shipping company. Basically, they mostly build ferries. Right. Right. So if you're, hey, it felt really good to be on a ferry that was built by the same company that built this kick ass. And it really is like it has a right end and a wrong end yeah. to be on. Really amazing ship. So we're, we are so now intertwined. We're going to start building guided missiles thanks to the Americans. That's another industry that's going to build in Australia. Mm. What people don't know is since COVID, I think it was. Yeah, since COVID, Australia is the sixth military ex, uh, importer in the world. We are buying more weapons than pretty much everybody else on the planet at the right. moment, mainly because we're in this relationship with America and America's entire military industry is pretty much how they run their political game. Yeah. So interestingly enough, at the moment, the wedding, the marriage- The marriage? It's strong. It is. But you know, as with all marriages, there is a top- and there is a bottom. So, well, when will we reach the itch? Oh, look, we've flirted with it. Yeah. We, yep. you know, well, let's be perfectly honest. We ditched the first husband very quickly when we went, oh, England, forget it. You just smell and you're terrible. Well, I mean, I feel like America's a bit, bit more of a, America's a man who will stick around. He's a man that will stick around, but you know what? You know he's playing the field. While oh my he's god, he is also a man who's checking out what's going on around him. Total boy slut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, America, you're a boy slut. We don't mind that because we'll always work you back to the bedroom. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>